the American culture as a whole is very much like I want things yesterday because especially with say for example with a- Amazon you can get the prime and you can get things delivered in one day you know not maybe not now with the whole covid but before covid you know you could have, you get things delivered to your house in one day and people correlate that same concept to other facets of life like oh why can't i get a black belt in two weeks why can't i get that promotion now why can't i put on all that that that, that mass gains at the gym why can't i do that you know tomorrow and it's a it, and it's a lifelong journey you know it's 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 constant and relentless effort forward How's it going, everybody? Tom here from Dad Strong again with another episode of our interview show. Really stoked to bring you another awesome show. Really stoked with the kind of guests that we've been having on the show right since the beginning of Dad Strong. I think if you go back and you listen to any episode, you're going to learn something from the awesome guys that I've been lucky enough to interview. Really stoked with where we're going with this podcast. Uh, the numbers are up, so thanks so much for listening. If you if you're with us for the first time, thanks so much for joining us. Really hope you get something out of this. It's been a whirlwind couple of weeks for me getting back into the swing of work and obviously with my kids and just uh, workouts that I've been doing and trying to improve myself and develop myself as a father and as a man as a husband in all these areas it's really a challenge and I think it's really helpful to have resources like the ones that I'm giving to you which is really hard sometimes to get it done I must say in between kids I just put them all down to sleep now finally made my way downstairs so I think it's wonderful to share these things and join on this journey to develop those strong minds strong bodies and that strong character and I'm still uh, working progress as I always will be and as you'll be but I think trying our best and just working towards being the pillars of strength that our family needs is the most important thing and that brings me to my guest today his name is Ian Strimbeck and he's the founder of Runation and he is dead set on building confidence in others through various concepts of self-defense he is a former United States Marine who spent time overseas in combat environments and after leaving the military in 2010 he went on to use his GI Bill to obtain a bachelor's in communication which he finished in 2014 During the same time frame, he worked for an executive protection firm in the greater Boston, Massachusetts area, protecting international dignitaries, VIPs and celebrities. Ian then left his corporate job in 17 to travel full-time across the U.S., spreading his knowledge to U.S. citizens, LEOs and active military members. Ian is father to three boys who are not biologically his own and spend a week on and week off with their biological father. And we talk about that initially and putting aside ego to make this work and collaborate to raise kids right. Um, I also... um, reflect on how that's impacted me and my situation with my kids where I'm actually the biological dad and have had to um, accept another man being my kid's life and work at that which is still a work in progress but we mostly focus on what is important whether playing a part in raising someone else's kids raising our own kids or simply just being the best man that we can be so that we are pillars of strength to those around us so so really such a deep and candid and challenging conversation for me and I hope that you guys feel the same way about it I really just think that podcasts like this when people like myself and Ian are just open and honest and willing to share our weaknesses and our strength I really think it benefits all of us as men to understand we're not in this alone and we can all move forward together so enjoy listening to you over to my podcast with Ian so how's it going brother good good uh no complaints here just uh prepping for getting back to uh, teaching this coming weekend Okay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, due to this is the second time in a row this happened. It's interesting because it was the last guy that was on the last podcast. We had to re-record one morning because I lost half of his audio because Zoom didn't download it, and huh. yours looked fine. And then when I tried to put it into the into the platform that I rec- that I edit with, it just it was corrupted. So 
I get to speak to you again. It seems like maybe a little tense <laughs> that I didn't chat with guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, but, yeah, um, I got corrupted. My yeah. bad. I guess we'll have to do over. <laughs> it means I like you. No, um, no I just, yeah, exactly. Um, no, but it's cool because in a way, I think our last podcast was cool. And I think, but it was more of like a gun discovery for me. You know, I think, I think yes. it was interesting for gun enthusiasts or for guys that know nothing about guns. Yes. It was slightly one dimensional, I reckon. Oh, no. Yeah, it was still definitely a, uh, still a good conversation because, um, you know, I'll, a lot of times we inadvertently stay within an echo chamber of sorts. And I very rarely get to uh, talk to people um, in regards to like a location where, where you are, like in Germany, where guns aren't, you know, as as normal as they uh, usually are in other parts of the country so um it, it was kind of interesting just to kind of explain or just kind of have a different train of thought and explain stuff that for me and for others would be like a normal conversation or or kind of um immediately readily available I information that wouldn't be as taboo as it is where you live yeah i think that's interesting though but at least today you get me outside as well i'm not in the basement so that's awesome yes yeah got a nice nice background there yeah i think we will still talk about guns though because i think that that's something that you are absolutely it is a big absolutely. part of your life and i think it's yes it's a big part of sure. american life for sure and i think it's still interesting yes to touch on some of those things but um let's talk a little bit about your family first let's kick off with that because i think that that's obviously the reason why we yeah and that you listen to the podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, I have a, um, I'm happily married with uh, three children, um, two um, eight-year-olds just turned eight the end of July, a boy and a girl, and the oldest boy is 10. Um, so okay. um, I have an interesting uh, dynamic, unlike other dads, because I came into the picture when the oldest was five and the youngest were three. Um, and it, it's a completely, and I'm going to probably murder the, this, this statement, but cohabitable relationship between uh, my wife's ex and myself. Uh, like we're able to have um, split custody. So every Friday we switch back and forth between him um, and my wife and myself. Um, so um, it kind of gives us um, an opportunity to kind of reconvene with each other in the relationship and then for the other two weeks out of the month uh you know just like having the uh the kids back so um it's it's an interesting dynamic um compared to others that are out there and i'm very um grateful that it is the way it is set up because i know um a lot of my friends don't have that um that ability to be in the same room um as their ex uh so to be able to have that um to be able to have that, that option to do things such as that um definitely alleviates um some stress involved as you know with with parenting sometimes oh that's interesting because i mean i don't think we we didn't even go there at all in the first podcast and that's probably mm -hmm. a very interesting thing for guys to hear especially because yes. i did have another guy that was on the podcast that also was in a similar situation it was one of the best podcasts that um i ever did even though he's not a known guy it was just amazing how he um, and if anybody's listening to this, go check out the one with Phil Derner, which was about, basically we spoke about that, that he came into his wife's life and she's got, I think yeah. it was three kids as well. And how he had to then 
work with the the father of the kids and how to and yes. how to put your ego aside and how to yeah how to support your wife and that and for me i mean i think a lot of guys would struggle majorly with that and i think it takes a lot of humility and a lot of i think yes. it also takes a lot of patience to, to absolutely <laughs> just because uh you know not just in my situation but just in life in general people are going to have different ways and methods and techniques that they parent so to basically have one parenting style which obviously my wife and myself are on the same page with and then her ex having a, having a completely different um it's it, it can be be challenging but it keeps things um constantly moving and allows us to um constantly adapt the way that we um approach structuring with uh our, with our children for sure so are you co so you you you're co-parenting so you're working together and you're chatting about stuff and you're talking openly and you've got a friendly yes. a friendly oh, relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like uh wow. my my uh, well, yeah, my son's very much in baseball. Sports were never my thing. I was I as a child was very much into I guess solo type sports like uh cycling as a whole was a pretty big outlet for me as a kid my father um did semi to amateur professional uh cross-country mountain bike racing as a kid so i kind of as soon as i could walk I, I i was on some form of a bicycle um and i did martial arts and i did camping so i, I was very much i guess i i did things and activities that was very introverted and kind of avoided the uh the the team-based structure which obviously changed once i went in the military but um it's that those the the typical type i guess you would call them you know the typical type sports that exist here in america are have just never interested me but it's a big part of um his his father's life so uh we go e even if it's not our week we go down um to the ball game and watch him practice and vice versa if it's not his week he'll still he'll still come down so yeah we can you know it's definitely co cohabitable and I'm, I'm thankful for that for sure and do you call him your son you call them your sons yes well. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and the dad's cool with you saying that as well absolutely yeah wow Okay, so how did that relationship start? Or did that relationship start off cool or did it develop into a good relationship through through some effort? Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely some some growing pains involved, you know, um, like e even if the, I'm sure even if uh, the roles were reversed because, you know, uh, thinking of it from um, the other side of things, like him as a man has another man coming in and potentially uh, you know, being the structure for his children. So, you know, if, if, if the script was reversed, I'm, I'm sure that I would be a little, um, off-putting at first too, to make sure that this, this man that's now entering my children's lives is going to stick around and not, you know, uh, you know, just be a, a bump on the log more or less, or, uh, be a, uh, negative mentor to my children for sure. But that didn't last too long. He, saw thankfully you know the, the the character of the individual that i am and it's been um it's been completely fine ever since for sure and you feel like uh you can treat them like your own children basically you've 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 been absolutely able to it's, and that was that wasn't a difficult thing either no nope. uh i mean definitely in the i guess yeah in, in the beginning it, it wasn't difficult it was just kind of um i guess kind of awkward for me as to you know, what I can say or, or what I can do with, you know, in the very beginning when, when my wife and I started dating, you know, before we actually uh, 
got married, you know, I, I didn't know like, you know, if it's like walking on eggshells or how do I come in the situation because I myself am an only child and I never really, oh. I didn't really have any cousins um, around that to, to babysit. So I, I never had, I guess I never had that opportunity when I was a kid to be in that environment with smaller children. So, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to, to figure out the, the whole dad thing, uh, you know, almost seven years later, mm. uh, as, as I'm sure uh, all dads are, you know, every day it's a new trial and tribulation to figure out a solution to and um, still have a smile on your face at the end of the day, for sure. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. I mean, I just put down my son like five minutes, literally, before we did this podcast. So um, it's definitely it's definitely one of those things that's just full on all, every day. I mean, I have four kids and I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I'm actually, I also have, I have an ex-wife and my my two oldest kids are from my previous marriage. And when okay. she remarried, um, we didn't have a very nice relationship. In fact, we yeah. had quite a few... Uh, <laughs> Close shaves with, um, let's just say they were close shaves, and uh, and the relationship call them blowouts. Yeah, it it didn't develop well, but it was a different situation in that I wanted equal custody, and they were denying me equal custody. Yeah, and so I wasn't threatened by him being there, and I'm not bummed by it at all. I think that it's it's good that they they with their mom and that they have him there as well. But it yeah. was just the situation, and I think when you can start with an equal custody arrangement, and I think this is why I'm so for this equal custody it just cuts out a lot of the bullshit that people go oh, through yeah. with, with all the fighting and the arguing and that's that's why i encourage dads to really go for equal custody not just because i think our kids our kids need us as dads to say that we want them like for me it was always like i need to show my kids that they're so important because i always saw kids even who had their dads how much their dad just being away on business and not really caring about them meant for them and i thought when i get divorced I'm going to go for that. But then it got denied. So then we had this whole court battles and everything. And then it wasn't nice. And then it wasn't, it wasn't that. Now we have the week on week off. Like you say, we have a Monday swap. Um, awesome. They're with their mom at the moment. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to guess that your kids are at their dad's this today. Yes. <laughs> hence, yes, they hence are. me yeah. asking you to come on the show and you're like, I can do it yeah. anytime. I'm like, kids. Yeah. yeah. That's, that must, that's amazing. So yeah. And I think it is cool. I think the one thing that is nice is that it's interesting when you get used to the break, right? I mean, it'd be more interesting for your wife because they're not your biological kids. But for me, even though I love my kids, it's definitely the on-off because I've got two kids with my um, my partner now. And yep. it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of value that time a lot with my kids because you have them for a week. And I think a lot of dads out there take for granted that they've got all this time with their kids. Whereas dads, when you're divorced, you suddenly realize like, wow, like this time is valuable. This time is needs to be used properly. And then the next thing that came for me, and I'll talk to you about how, you, how you've done it, is that I started to realize very much, which, which Dad Strong kind of came out of it, is that it's not really about being a good dad. It's about being a good man and how you have to actually like put the effort and energy into yourself to, to develop yourself as a person. And that's what kind of makes the big, it makes the big difference as a father. So how, did you, how have you gone about that in your life to really, uh, or have you, since you had the kids, seen a change in, in yourself and a, and, a, and a greater meaning to being the man that you want to be? Uh, well, I, like I said, I, um, you know, like I said, I, I was an only child, so I never was in that uh, situation, you know, wa you know, watching a younger child or children as in plural. So when the time came, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a, a struggle for me in the beginning to try and, um, figure all that out uh, j just because it was a different dynamic for me um, but again due to you know the 
the passion and, and the love that I have for my wife, I decided that mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, stick around and, and, and see this through. And, you know, uh, in the beginnings, some days were, were better than others. Um, I used to get overly frustrated about the trivial things because coming from a military background, it's very regimented, structured, you know, and still to this day, like I I still have a a book that I put, you know, pretty much my, it's called the Ivy Lee method. If you ever want to look it up, you basically list the six most important things that you have to do for the next day. You write it, you know, at night before you go to bed. So the next day you have a checklist of what to do and you just pretty much do a square and scribble the next once you're done with that task. Um, so I have certain tasks that I, that I, you know, set throughout the day. And then as you know, having children, um, mm-hmm. Murphy's law in regards to whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's just part of, of being, being a parent, you know, things, you know, like, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, my son was, my oldest was at the sitters and they were horsing around, decided that diving behind the couch was a good idea. And there was a piece of, you know, metal sticking out from the couch. So he, you know, split his, his knee open pretty good, you know, had to go to the, had to go to the doctors and get some stitches or whatever. But, you know, and, and that was a, a phone call at lunch that I wasn't expecting. So I was like, all right, well, there goes my, my, you know, schedule for the rest day out the window because now I got to f- focus on this. But it, it's it's about being able to be flexible, but then being able to uh, be a a pillar in the face of adversity when necessary. Um, so it's being able to kind of go with the ebb and flows of being a parent and, and of life in general, uh, but also you know being being that being that pillar of of uh, of structure um but of also of of confidence and strength for your loved ones whether it be a significant other or even your children when they are at their lowest uh because i know if i heard it you talk about it on a previous podcast or somewhere along but uh basically those under your care um again whether you're looking at it in a military context in a work structure context or in a family-based context those under your care um look up to you whether you realize it or not you know for that security for that safety and if they see you freaking out they will feed off of that so if you're able to remain calm in times adversity whether it be physical adversity you know worst case scenario worst day of your life violence type situation or um, you know, with the current climate of the world and, you know, work imbalances, getting let go from jobs or having to pick up more hours or getting a new job or all these things that we can't predict being, being that, being that calm pillar of strength is, is going to help out, uh, you know, especially we're talking about it in this family context. Yeah. No, I think it's, I totally agree with it. It might've been me because I have said that lately quite often is that, especially with the crises that we're going through at the moment and it's, you know, you never know what's around the next corner. And obviously we've talked about the gun, <laughs> the hiking gun sales and gun, you know, how many people are buying yes. guns since the beginning of Corona. And then you've obviously got the black lives matter. I mean, the movement's been going on for a while, but obviously it's just the protests and stuff have stepped up and there's just uncertainty yes. in the world right now. You know, wherever you yes. look, there's uncertainty and there's a lot of noise out there on TV, especially in the media. I think people are waking up to the media at least a little bit, but I think as parents, we're definitely the curator of this for our families. And I think developing that ability to remain calm under the under the stress and, and not bring the corona atmosphere home where our kids are freaking out that they're going to get this virus or that their grandparents are going to die. I heard some stories about that before, how parents, you know, kids are, dragging the kids away from people telling them do you want to like kill your grandparents and stuff and i'm just like wow you know 
So I agree with that. But how, what stuff have you done to work on that in yourself? I mean, how old are you at the moment? I am 32 going, uh, I'll, I'll be 33 on the 1st of September. Such wise youngsters out there, man. It's unbelievable. I keep, yeah. keep interviewing these wise youngsters and I'm like, oh man, where, where, why wasn't I doing this podcast like 15 <laughs> years ago, man? And you know, I probably would have been one of the first dad podcasts ever. Would have been a good thing. But uh, yeah, like what are the, what's the work that you've done? Because I've started to do the work quite late, I would say, like intentional work over the last two years. So what are you, what are some of the tactics and strategies that you do to become that pillar, to become that, that calm in the storm? Because I think it's so important for fathers to develop that. Uh, well, outside of just surrounding myself with other quality dads that I can uh, more or less use as a reference point or, um, you know, as a more or less uh, a mentor as to what I should look for into giving out towards, towards my children, um, listening to podcasts, you know, such as yours, bringing other great men onto the scene that I can uh, base off reference from and probably the biggest is a good friend um good a good friend and yeah i guess you could consider a mentor of mine named um ivan and he owns a brand company youtube page whatever you want to call it called kit badger and he does a lot of gear reviews does a lot of camping um lives over in idaho and i was actually just out in idaho yeah. uh, teaching a couple weekends ago and i was staying at his house and um he has uh split custody as well uh, with his two sons. Um, so, but, but just to, uh, they weren't around this year, but uh, two years ago when I went out there to teach, um, I was staying with him and his kids and just to see, uh, you know, his, his calmness, um, in, in the chaos of, uh, again, being a dad and, and just, uh, just the, the quality human that he, he is as a whole, um, gives off directly um, to his kids. So having people like that in my life definitely helps out a lot. But outside of that, for me personally, um, I'd say probably since the spring of this year, I've been very intentional with uh, meditating every single morning, I'm spending about 15 to 20 minutes first thing in the morning, I'm doing some type of uh, meditation. I mean, outside of that, yoga has been a big part of my life for a while as well. Uh, but definitely spending those 15, 20 minutes before I touch a phone, before I do anything, when I'm still kind of in this sleep, uh, kind of trance state, when I'm not fully awake yet, spending that time and uh, putting out good, um, as cliche as it sounds, intentions towards my work for that day has really helped out a lot and helped center myself. People look at what I do and what I teach and you know they 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 think it's just full bore like angst and violence 24 <laughs> 7 but in reality I, I'm the I, I can be the most passive and uh hippie person <laughs> that 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 you've ever met and um a good person that is uh that I've read about and has helped me out with this journey of having that uh positive attention every morning is a gentleman by the name of uh Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, he's oh, written a Dispenza. bunch of books. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I've read uh, two of his books. My chiropractor pretty much turned me turned me on to him, and I've been reading about him and, and using his work uh, pretty much every morning, and, and it's paid off tenfold. Um, a lot of the since I started, a lot of synchronicities have entered my life. A lot of uh, these weird occurrences um, that I may have thought about you know, one morning months ago and my intention and all of a sudden they disappear out of nowhere, you know, like 
cool. uh, you know, whether it be meeting, uh, you know, new people this year that I've read about and they're one of my favorite authors and they end up coming to my classes or coming here, like on your podcast, just, just putting out, putting out and being grateful for things that may not even have materialized yet. And that's a really difficult concept for people to grasp is like, why am I going to be grateful for something that hasn't even happened or I know will even occur. Like people really only are grateful once something happens. Like I'm so grateful that I got this job or, you know, I, I, uh, I, I push this number in the gym, you know, but only once it happens, never prior towards it. And that takes a lot of effort and a lot of humility as well to, to be able to let your guard down. And and, and like I said, kind of project yourself to a point that, um, you know, putting energy towards something that, like I said, you, you may not, it may not immediately exist currently. It's only going to exist in your future potential. Well, that's super interesting, man. Wow. I think, I think that's something that people don't obviously consider being grateful for something that hasn't happened yet. But I, I definitely, when you, as you were speaking about that, things come to mind because I'm a very, um, my wife sometimes gets annoyed because she's German. So when someone makes a plan, <laughs> this is going to, she starts worrying because like when I say plans, she thinks they're going to happen. But I've definitely been kind of like that without realizing that it was a thing, really. I've always been like, okay, we're going to go to Cape Town next year for this thing. And then the next thing, it happens. And we're going to have this kid. And this kid's going to be like this. And it's happened. Um, and thank God, like all my kids, have, you know, there's been no problem with pregnancies, nothing like that, for instance, or things that have yeah. happened or mountain bike that I own now that's downstairs. It's kind of like I wasn't grateful for it, but it's almost like I was, Germans call it Vorfreude it's the best of Freud. It's like the, the excitement is always the best before it. And I think that's also a cool thing is like, why only be, because once you get something, it's kind of like it wears off. Yeah. But if you can be happy about oh, yeah. that thing, that's going to happen in two years, even though you yeah. don't know it, it's kind of like, um, it's amazing. And I mean, I suppose on the podcast, it's similar. The kind of guys that I've had on the podcast, I mean, how, how rad has that been to be able to talk to guys? And I'm not surrounded by role models. I would say that much where I live, but being able to talk yeah. to guys like yourself and other guys, um, also, it's quite funny with you because I said that to you last time. I was like, with your tats and your black and white photos and your ruins, I thought, <laughs> when you got hold of me, I thought, there's a hardcore guy like getting hold of me. Man. I wonder what's going to be like talking to this guy. Is he going to just sit there yeah. with weapons all around him? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, all, it's all a facade. Like, that's that's why I facade. tell people, yeah, that's why I tell people, like, once they meet me, you know, some people come to a class and they're all like, oh, I don't know how to act. And then once I <laughs> kind of give my brief, that you can just see like a, like everyone's relaxed and you know it like, like like i tell people you know the reason i do the black and white photos and the tattoos is just so people leave me alone like um I'm, I'm a big baby when it comes to things you know <laughs> but it's kind of the no, ego thing right it's kind of that yeah no it's not fake sure yeah no but um going back to to what you were saying about uh being grateful for the things that uh or or what leads up to the that, that thing and i think that mostly comes from the American culture as a whole is very much like, I want things yesterday, you know, like, uh, because especially with, say, for example, with a Amazon, you can get the prime and you can get things delivered in one day, you know, not, maybe not now with the whole COVID, but before COVID, you know, you could have, you get things delivered to your house in one day. And people correlate that same concept to other facets of life. Like, oh, why can't I get a black belt in two weeks? Why can't I get that promotion now? Why can't I put on all that, 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 that mass gains the gym. Why can't I do that, you know, tomorrow? And it's a, it, and it's a lifelong journey. You know, it's, it's, it's constant and relentless effort forward. And because it takes time and because it takes 
energy and pain and sacrifice, it turns most people off. And that's why a lot of people get aggravated. Um, and that's why a lot of people that when they do see success from others, they end up lashing out in acts of, of, of jealousy because mm-hmm. uh, they weren't able to um, withstand the storm, so to speak, and uh, you know, stay in the heat and stay in the fire long enough to be forged into the greatness that they're seeing out of their friend that they may, you know, have lashed out at or that they, you know, unfriend because they're subconsciously jealous, you know, of yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the goal setting that they went out and set forth with. Mm. I think it's, it's really interesting to think about that, especially the long-term thing, because being a parent is super long-term, you know, and I think, I think it's something oh, yeah. you, can't, you can't be focused on the moment often because the moment is tough and it's, it's not going to be beautiful and it's not going to be sweet, but you've got to see the bigger picture. And you've also got to realize that being a dad, you know, it sometimes is about those moments. I mean, I went swimming in the river with my son tonight. And obviously that's one of those moments where you're like, wow, and I've got photos where I'm having these moments, but there's a lot of hard stuff going on there and there's a lot of hard, hard work put in there and time and consistency is the key to me. It's like, I'm starting to realize that as well. It's like, there was a time in my life when I wasn't consistent, when I was just all over the place and I wanted things, but when it wasn't working out, I'll just go to another thing or, okay, that, that's not working. I'm going to go that thing. And, and I think anything valuable in life that is worth having is, is consistent, consistently do it. And I think, this is the problem we have with our society at the moment. One of the, one of the many problems <laughs> which we've yeah. got is that this fast food mentality to everything. It's like, I want to have yeah. this body and I want it now. And I want to have that car and I want it now. And, and I think that's how people get into debt, first of all, by just wanting stuff and then end up mm-hmm. with credit card debt. That's crazy because they couldn't actually just wait and work towards something. Or they start yeah. doing these like crash course diets and all this stuff. Whereas what I've learned is like, eat a, eat a decent diet eat consistently healthy, work out consistently, and you will see the results. It's not something that you can do really quickly because when you get on a diet really quickly, you, if you lose weight really fast, you can put weight really fast. Well, that sounds terrible as a podcast. I must get my mouth better. <laughs> you can put weight, you can put weight um, on really fast. And I think that the problem is that we're not willing to put that time and that effort in and to do consistency. And I think when things take a long time, I think that kind of helps it to stay like that. Do you know what I mean? When you've been, if, when you've been working out for a year solidly, just doing the same thing, it's more likely that you're going to keep, keep on doing that. If you see results, yes. even if you would see results after two months, that's not something that you might keep up because you haven't got into that habit. This is my lifestyle. And Mitchell, yes. Mitchell's strength, you know. You know um, oh, of course. Right? I've been following Mitchell for quite some years. Yep. Yeah. Like he did this post, like he said, my friend rocked up at my house and he probably saw this post and I was in the ice bath and he said, yep. because this is my life. I'm not doing it for the Instagram. This is my yeah. lifestyle. And like he said on the podcast, me, he's like, when I was 14 or whatever, I walked into a gym and I was like, I was hooked. And then he's like, he says, he just does it all the time because it's a lifestyle. And I think his dad's, we need to realize that that's what we need to build, right? We need to build like who we are. We need to build it into be part of us so that it's not just a, a spike of like, oh, it was, it was a great day with dad today, but then next week it's bad. And I think that that's what it is. Like as fathers, it's such a long haul and a, and a slog, but beautiful at the same time, but definitely something that's a, long, a long-term thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely in for the long haul and it's about the journey. And I think a lot of it uh, comes down to the fact that People want it here in the now uh, because they're worried about the potential opinions of, of, 
of, of others or subconsciously comparing themselves to other dads or comparing their kids to other kids and because of that they they, they want to rush things when in reality as you just talked about um it's it's about the long haul and once you let fear take control over over your decisions that's when you start making poor de decisions whether that be in regards to um you know uh being a good dad or going to the gym or or getting out of debt. Once you allow people's opinions to to dictate your path, and you let fear take over, that's when you start making bad choices. That's when you start getting in the hole with debt. That's when you st uh, start, or should I say, stop going to the gym. That's when you stop uh, making those podcasts because you feel like they're they're worthless or they're not reaching out to anybody. When you start getting inside your own head, and sometimes and and sometimes it's cliche. <laughs> as cliche as it is, you sometimes just need to get out of your own way, you know. And as my good friend Mark Twight uh, has right. said, um, you you need to empty your own cup um, as much as possible, because uh, you know as we gain more knowledge in life, again, whether it be a dad or whatever other facet in life, we believe that our cup can't be poured out and and restarted again, uh, because that means that we have to be a beginner all over again. We just have to start at the bottom. And that's because we allow our ego to get in our way. And uh, we believe that, you know, because our theoretical cup is filled, that we uh, don't need to take on this new information because it's worked for this X period of time. So why do I want to change things now? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was seeing uh, one of these things from Ryan Mickler was saying, someone asked, said, oh, like you, you're doing so well at jujitsu, like you got all this free time. And then his response was like, yeah. he responded with all the things he's doing. And he's like, I've got the exact same 24 hours as you, but I'm just getting things done. And I'm making sure that I'm using my time wisely and that I'm not messing around. And you mentioned the phone. I mean, in the morning, it's amazing. Like if I don't look at my phone, what I can get done by eight o'clock is amazing. Yep. Just looking at your phone, it's amazing how you get hooked in and look at something. And all of a sudden you, your workout, you've lost about 15 minutes of workout here or then, and then you look at it again at eight and with your kids, you're looking at it. I mean, it's one of those things that is robbing us of time. And I think a lot of dads need to realize when they look at guys like you and I look at your success that you've had with your programs and your courses and your writing and this stuff. And I look at guys like Ryan Miklo, Bedros, or all these guys that I've had on the podcast, it's because they're taking their day and they're making something of it and they're making it worthwhile and they're making sure that they are adding value to their time or making their time. It's like maximizing your time basically. So, I mean, I, I think that, that waking up early in the morning is huge. Do you get up? Do you find that as well? Do you get up early? Yes. Because you talk to oh, yeah. how your day gets disturbed. But as yeah, a dad, I am, yeah, I am a, I am very much a morning person, not a night person. Like I, like when I go out and travel, like if I go to the West coast, it's three hours behind. So then I usually stay <laughs> oh, yes. up because my, cause cause my time zone's oh, all messed up. But yeah, yeah. usually when I'm, I'm home and let's say I'm teaching locally, I'm not like this month, I'm not tr really traveling at all. So I get to be home a lot th this month, thankfully. And I will try to, uh, wake up around, uh, four 30, uh, just, just because, you know, I do my meditation I like to, you know, make my coffee in the morning. Like I, I just can't just go and rush. Like just thinking about just like rushing out the door just gives me like the sweats. Just just <laughs> thinking about that. Like I need, I need at least an hour ahead of time before I can get started with my day. So I'll do my meditation. I'll get up. I'll make my coffee. I'll 
I also read for that's kind of the first thing that I do first thing in the morning. Like most people will read at the end of the night. If I try to even get like a page and a half in, I'll just like fall asleep, like right there, like in the bed. So usually I read, I make a daily thing. I read 10 pages first thing in the morning and just get it over with. So then I get my reading in for the day. Um, and then from there I'll go to the gym and I'll do all that before, like probably around midway through the workout is when the, the kids will wake up on their own. And um, then after that, I'll bring them over to the sitter. And then when I come back, then I go through whatever process that I need throughout the day, all the back end mm. admin type stuff or getting ready for travel or whatever else it may be. But yes, I am definitely a morning person for sure. And I think that it's, it's look, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was initially a morning person, but I think that it's something that I've just realized is such a benefit. And, and since being a dad, like when I wasn't a dad, I was not getting up early and I wish I did because how much time did I waste before the world started, you know, and I went camping, I was camping last week. Um, and it was just amazing. I was doing the workouts. I was I get up at five. So you beat me by half an hour. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Still, so five o'clock I get up and it was Still amazing. Good. I was working out, um, in like a little playground, <laughs> And like yep. I saw nobody, dude, like nobody's up, like everybody's just sleeping. And it's interesting when you go camping, you can really see other people's lifestyles. You see what they eat, you see how they react to each other, you see what they do. And people just wake up like super late and just all get up together. And it's like the day's already gone and your kids are already making a noise and then you just are reacting to everything. And for me, oh, yeah. the game changer of taking that, that unpredictability out of the picture, because once you're getting up at five, the earliest your kids will generally, well, mine will generally get up at seven. So that almost means a yeah. guaranteed two hours where I can do what I need to do. Now, I'm the same as you. I read, I read in the morning. So I have my, yeah. I have everything stacked. Actually, I've got a stack of everything so that I basically have it in order. So first is I go to the, I drink a liter of water, a liter. Then I nice. go and um, I read for 15 to 20 minutes at the moment. And, yep. and then I do daily stoic and I write my journal and then I start getting ready for my workout. And then I do my workout and oh, breathing. Sorry, I forgot about the breathing nasal breathing and stuff yes. just that yes. I have all these things stacked. And then by the time it's like, and at the moment, like Terrence, I don't know, man, that guy's got these freaking workouts that are like taking me forever <laughs> to get finished. So I'm like taking like an hour and a half to finish workouts. Whereas before, yep. was like, so I'm glad I committed to that. And I think that's cool. But just that I'm, by the time my family wakes up, I'm like pumped and I've just done so. Oh yeah. And, and, I, and I, and I, yeah. and I think every man needs that consistent intention in the stillness first thing in the morning without any external stimulus without emails exactly. without the girlfriend or the wife without the kids like in that like i feel the most as again as cliche as sounds the most enriched and alive in that twilight hour when i'm the first one awake like even my dog still sleep in the bedroom my wife's in there sleeping just me in in the kitchen you know making the coffee you know, smelling the coffee brew and starting my day that day reading like that's like that. That's like one of the most like perfect moments of my day is right there. It sounds like it's funny as you're saying, it's like almost like I'm listening to a religious experience because it kind of is right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, when it, stops it, is, being, yeah. it stops being a morning routine. Cause I did a little podcast. It starts being ritual. It's like a ritual. I have it yes. like it's on time. And it's like that moment I put the coffee. It's like almost like I start doing the same thing and you would think it's boring because but it's not, it's like this quality to, I see my hands. I know now we're getting really deep here, but you see your hands <laughs> coffee and, and put it in and yeah. the cup that you yeah. take down. And then, and then, you know, everything has, it's like, and then you take the book off and that, I don't know, there's just something about it that is, it's special. And, and, oh man, that video that you shared of the North, uh, Northmen Guild. 
Yes. I have been listening to that this morning. I listened to it three times in a row, dude, because I was just like, oh, it is man. a good one. What it, it says is, is so anybody who's listening to this, go check out um, northmenguild.com and check out the video, the Northman Code. That is like, that just, re that resonated with me so hugely. And, and one of the things was like, spend time by yourself. And I think yes. when you don't get up early, you are almost damning yourself to only time you spend by yourself is probably sitting in front of the TV. And when you get up yeah. in the morning, you won't watch that much TV because now when I get off the podcast with you, I've got to, if I want to get decent sleep, I've got to basically start getting ready for bed the moment I get off here. And then I'm like you, I read, but I use reading yeah. as a sleeping pill basically as I get to bed. Yeah. I fall asleep so fast. That's the other thing, guys. A little bit of advice. If you, don't, if you want to fall asleep, basically just read before you fall asleep and you'll be, don't look at your phone because that keeps you awake. So I leave my phone off. I completely don't look at it anymore. Uh, yeah. till the morning and uh, then I fall asleep. So yeah, I, th I think these rituals and stuff is there's, there's meaning to that and there's definitely value and, and it kind of sets your mind up for the day for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think especially in our modern culture, it, it's kind of viewed as a negative to want to isolate yourself and do things by yourself. It's looked at potentially being selfish or people question like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Like people think that, you know, you're morbidly depressed if you, you know, enjoy, you know, moments by yourself. But I, I think the actual flip side can be said that the people that say that or the people that view it as a negative are actually scared, potentially, or fearful of being by themselves. And they attract themselves to being in constant crowds and to being in constant stimulus at all times because being inside their own head scares them. And I know, you know, a, a, a quite a few people where, where I can see that can apply, but I feel like we know most or we will know most about ourselves is once we're able to fully sit in that fire of our own mind, you know, whether we are um, having good days or bad days, but being able to kind of sit with ourselves in silence and be okay with that. That's when you, that's when, in my opinion, that you truly know yourself. If you're constantly clouding those moments with, you know, being around others or turning blasting TV or blasting the music or avoiding those moments of stillness, it, it's because something deep down kind of, kind of scares you from, from looking into the abyss, so to speak. Absolutely, man. It's so amazing that you spoke about that because on the same camping trip, my kids were jumping on the trampoline and I didn't have anything with me. Like I didn't have a book, I didn't have a phone and I almost found myself like like touching the, the table yeah. that I was sitting on to find something. Yeah. And then I went like, what on earth are you doing, man? Your two little beautiful children are jumping in the trampoline in front of you. And I saw a mother later in the day just sitting there on her phone while her kids are jumping. And we somehow think, okay, that went dark. We somehow think okay. that, um, we somehow think that, those moments are not moments because we're not busy. We're not busying ourselves. And I've started to yes. reflect on the moments when I need to pick up my phone and I need to look at Facebook for no reason at all. Then mm -hmm. it's a little signal, signal to me to say, Tom, what's going on? Why are you feeling you need to scratch this itch? Why are you, why are you restless? You know? Exactly. And that's why I feel like social media as a whole is like a double-edged sword uh, because, you know, the the pros being obviously it's helped set up this connection between you and I and obviously other people yeah. that you've had on your podcast. And but, you know, a, as a negative, it, it can be, you know, if it's not being used in the ability to network, 
to better others, to better yourself. It can be look, you know, it can be go down a bad road, such as trying to, um, uh, you know, d distract yourself from um, things that are immediately in front of you, whether you realize it or not. Um, you know, caring about too much what so and so said or what so and so is doing, um, it it potentially disconnects yourself from, you know, the current reality that you're in, and and that's why, you know, I feel like toxic things such as you know, for example, reality TV, which is in which is my, I, I a ironic term in itself because there's nothing real about you know reality TV, but <laughs> It, it allows people more or less to be voyeurs into somebody else's life. And, and I feel like a lot of people are attracted to that because of how miserable they actually are in their own lives. So they try to uh, ignore it and cloud it by filling it with somebody else's life and peer into how somebody else lives. I think that extends to even the self-development industry. I think it does. I think yes. that there's lots of people on social media and listening to podcasts and following people that are almost living vicariously through these these people and looking up to them and feel that that's they part of their success in some strange way yes. and that they don't really do the work the real hard work on themselves because they kind of just keep on consuming 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 and you know what i loved about that northman guild thing was he says don't produce no he says create don't produce yeah, so such a cool. I've never heard that because I thought oh, producing is good, but it's not like creating is is something unique. Something is is you is different to to the other guys. Not me like reproducing what you're doing and just produce the same thing. It's me going, okay, well, I need to obviously um, create things for myself. And I think that we can listen and we can follow people and we can watch them on Instagram and and think that it's somehow us. And at the end of the day, think that that is somehow moving the needle, that that is moving us forward. And the fact is, it's not. It's the work that you do from that. And I find myself listening. I mean, I listen to podcasts still, so I'll listen to a few of the podcasts. But I find myself less less drawn to that and less drawn to all the self-help stuff, which which might yeah. sound weird. But I just feel like <clears throat> it's, my, it's my path. It's my path now. It's for me to find out what is best for me. It's for me to find out what what functions best for me uh, it's not going to be what i mean you and me just happen to have a very similar morning thing because it works for me as well but i've i really just encourage dudes to really go and find them their own thing that really makes them tick as a dad and really gets the energy up and 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 makes them work i mean function as best as they can you know obviously there's obviously we've got the basics of keeping fit and healthy um obviously becoming more knowledgeable and skillful but it's it's quite like there's a lot of nuance to it. And I think there's this, this, this danger of just following people and going, Oh, I want to follow this. And Oh no, there's the next great guy. And I've done it. Like, Oh, there's yeah. the next great guy. I'm going to do that. Oh, there's the next program. And you know, what's very interesting for me before I babble on you. Sorry guys. It's been a long day. I'm tired. I've just gone back to work by the way. So it's like, it's, and then we lost this freaking podcast and I'm like, no, I've got so little time, but um, you know, 75 hard by Andy Frisilla. Do you know this program? No. He's got this program yeah, yes, 75 yes. hard. But it's so funny because when you actually start really going after it, you're almost doing that without doing it. It's like basically you start yes. realizing, oh, I am drinking a liter of water. I'm reading a book. I'm, I am working out this much every day, basically. Um, yes. And then you start realizing, oh, well, I don't need a program from this guy or that guy or this guy because, oh, I'm actually at a place now where I'm in control, where I am dictating what happens, you know, and I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm doing what I'm loving. I love and... And, and 
and then it becomes this individual thing where I'm no longer dependent on other people. And, and I'll be honest with you, and, and maybe the listeners, this is going to be hard to swallow a little bit, but it becomes difficult for me, more difficult to do the podcast in a way because I feel like I've learned so much already and yeah. that the podcast was a lot about me learning to be a dad. And it's, it's hard, man. It's a hard thing to keep going with something that, is, that takes a lot of time and yes. you grow from it and if you're not making a lot of money like i'd love to be obviously have a job like this but when you've got a full-time job and you do these things you start to think like wow like like how how much time and effort and things go into these things and how many people you have to speak to you know but i then yeah. i speak to guys like you and it's like you just you get a just a little bit different perspective you know but i'm not just going to change oh, no. my whole life now and go okay now i'm following this guy <laughs> For sure. And, you know, it will just as it will always be easier to talk instead of do, it'll always be easier to produce a copy than it is to create something original. But it's your ability to stay the course, regardless of the potential mockery, regardless of the potential failures, regardless of the hardships involved. Um, It's it's, it's being that pillar of truth for yourself to yeah. stay the course, regardless of who, you know, bails on you, who says that it's going to, you know, you're going to potentially flop with this or it's not going to do well. Um, but it's being truthful and, and honest to, to your soul and yeah, exactly. yourself as a whole. Because if you're, in, in my opinion, that there's a significant difference between living and existing, you know, and we, we know plenty of people that exist that just float through life, that go to the daily rat race, that do the nine to five, you know, they potentially hate the marriage that they're in, you know, potentially hate the, the life that they're in, but they don't, they lack the fire or the tenacity to go outside the norm of what's expected of them. So instead of being able to actually live, they're just existing day to day in this continuous loop until they end up on their deathbed with regret, which in my opinion is one of uh, man's most, or one of the, one of man's kind of heaviest things that he can carry to the grave with him is regret. Um, and, And that's why I truly believe that, you know, you have to, at some point in your life, you know, go out there and produce something that's specific to you. And I think we talked about it briefly when we record record this the first time, but um, (laughs) I do truly believe that there would be less, uh, you know, anxiety and depression and sadness in the world if more people were out there doing the things that they love. But instead, a society as a whole expects certain things out of us and to follow this specific path. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's some people in this world that need that micromanagement, that need that nine to five because they lack that tenacity um, or that initiative to do things on their own. Whereas other people, you know, can easily work at home on their own power without any outside influence. And those are usually the people that end up leaving those corporations and doing things for themselves because they have that willingness to create something great in this life. But it is quite simple, right? It's, it's hard work. And there's a lot of things I'm a teacher at school and, and it's, it's one of the things that, that people just want to kind of overlook. They all want equality. They all want to have the same thing. At the end of the day, wherever yeah. you're at, it's hard work is going to make you what you are, you know. And and it's and it's repeated hard work in the face of 
of not of not seeing results it's it's always the results yes. don't come like you said in the big in, in the middle of the podcast you said like expecting it to happen like right away it's something that you have to wait and push and go and and understand that it's hard you know it's it's something that it's it's interesting for me because you said the talking and the action part and it's so true like i must admit like and i'm probably too honest on this podcast anyway as usual um <laughs> i just don't have a re i don't have a, a good ability to have a facade which is which is quite cool because then people know they're just listening to me but like this talk <laughs> this talk and action is a big thing for me it's like i hate it when people talk and don't action and it's almost like i oh, yeah. don't feel like doing the podcast that much anymore because i just want to act i just want to do i want to live my life i want to be but then I started to realize that this might be the best thing for my podcast because it really stops being about me and it really starts being about serving other dads and about bringing yes. the guests on and, and helping guys. And it stops being about, cause I don't really give a crap about being well known anymore. Or I don't even, I, I don't really care. It's like kind of, it's interesting. Like the, the podcast, um, sorry, the light keeps going off. That's <laughs> okay, like dark. Fine, you know? the podcast <laughs> numbers just keep growing and growing, bro. It's been amazing. The last like month, and I care about it the least. And it's kind of also another lesson in life. It's almost like the, like not that I've stopped doing the work because I still connect with guys like you and I'm yeah. getting parents and I'm doing the work in my own life so that I've got some credibility coming on and being the guy that hosts the show, not just some random guys. Because there's so many dude dad podcasts with just random guys talking smack about being dads. I'm like, well, that's really, I just want to hear funny stories about being dads and I just go to my mates or go anywhere down the road and I can have those stories. But yeah. it's kind of like when you stop, when you stop, caring to a degree and putting so much value into results and goals and stuff and you just do the work and you and you put in the effort and you start serving other people instead of yourself then you can relax like i feel so relaxed talking to you i didn't make any notes tonight i just knew that i'm going to yes. come and i'm going to have a good chat and even if i sound like a muppet every now and then on the show <laughs> it's well it's not the end of the world right it's like okay so i didn't no. sound so intelligent like every other guy like these other people that just sound so great but you know what pisses me off bro I know people that can talk the hind leg off a donkey and talk me into a corner, but show me their action. Do you get yeah. what I mean? It's like, yes, you can Absolutely. sound great. Well done. I'm, congratulations. You sound well. And I think the world is a problem with us right now. There's a lot of people Absolutely. that have awesome theory and can talk you into believing anything, basically. But then you ask them, what did you actually, what did you, what have you done? So you, so you're out there protesting. What have you done? for people that are yes. disadvantaged? What have you done to change the situation? What have you done to make someone who is disadvantaged life better? How much of your money have you gone? And now have you taken half your salary now because you are privileged and gone and given that to a charity that supports these people that you want to stand up for? Um, and, and I'm not saying that it's bad to protest. I'm just saying, do something. Don't. Talk. Oh yeah. It's, it, it's <laughs> all about virtue signaling at this point. Who, who's more virtuous to, to the cause than, than other people. But going back to what you were talking about with, with your podcast, don't ever think that what you're doing um, isn't, isn't acting through, through the actual action like you did because you are. You are producing content. You are a hub of information or you're an outlet of information for other people to create better versions of themselves just for the information that you're collecting from other like-minded men. So by you going through the motions of contacting people and scheduling the call and putting forth the effort for creating the actual episode, you are in fact acting towards that goal of creating better men, even though it may be from a 
literal remote standpoint of but the, the the beauty of this is is through a podcast which i've noticed over the years is that people have the ability to learn and and intake this information from various times throughout their day and you talked about this i was listening to your brandon lily episode actually mm -hmm. earlier this morning and you were one. talking about how people can do it literally anywhere they can do it on a morning walk or a run or in the gym like i've actually found a fascination to listen to podcasts more in the gym than actual music which is um, ironic but um or in the car you know on to work on the way back from work on a plane so you know it doesn't have to be at a set location like even with with books like i I love books like anybody else. You know, I love having the physical touch of a book, the smell of the book, the feel of it, the highlighting of it. But with how much I travel, I've started to convert more to either audio books mm -hmm. or e-books, e e e which I can still, you know, highlight and stuff, but it's still not the same as a book. But it's just the ability to have this information from a remote standpoint that people can bring anywhere to them. That's the true beauty in it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. I just think people need to put it into action. Like it's almost like immediately if you, if it resonates with you, you've, you, you know yourself, you've got the little voice inside you that says, Oh, this is something yeah. that I need to rectify. I mean, at the moment, there's things in my life that I always have to change. And, and I, and I agree. I just think it's nice that it's almost nice when the ego is removed and the selfish motivation is removed from what you're doing. Because I think when it's, yes. when it's altruistic and it's there for, I've said it before in the podcast as well, the more, that I moved to helping other people when it be, it's almost that it is a slog for me at the moment. Cause I'm back at work. And like I've said, I've got four kids and it's, it's full on. I'm getting up at five and working out a lot. I'm doing a lot of things. And, and then it does get, get hard to go like, well, I've been doing this for so many years and you know, I didn't really make money for this. And it's so sad because the podcast is at the point where I could get sponsorships, but because I'm not in America, I can't because of the app, the platform that I'm using. It's such a bummer, but, yeah. um, but you're right. It does, it does make a difference. And that's, and that's the point where, the satisfaction is no longer the excitement of it sometimes. I mean, obviously it's exciting. I get to talk to Rudy Reyes in a couple of weeks and obviously that's exciting awesome. to talk to him. Yes. What an awesome. And, and the conversations I've had with guys are exciting, but it's, it's when it becomes the work that it's almost more meaningful, right? It's like, it's, it's yes. not such a jaw for me anymore to do this. It's like, I had to set this up with you and go, okay, well tonight I'm going to have to put that other time aside. I have to have a, I've committed to having a podcast every week and I lost the one with Ian and I'm going to have to do it again. And I enjoyed our conversation. So I wasn't so bummed about that. Obviously I was happy to talk to yes. you, but it's still, but it's still time. And then I think it's almost like interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of having a little thought about it now on the podcast is that because it's hard, it's now better because it's not just a jaw yes. for me. It's not just fun to talk to guys every week because I know that I've got all these other things going on in my life. It becomes more of a meaning that I'm doing it for other people. And then I actually am putting it out there, not because I'm just having fun and enjoying it, that it's come to the point now after a year and a bit that it's going to take effort. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take consistency to keep this thing going. Cause there's a little thing in my mind between me and you here. And obviously everyone that listens now, there's a little <laughs> thing in my mind that wants to give this up. I'll be honest with you. There's a little thing in my mind that wants to go, well, okay, well, I've learned, I've learned, I've spoken to all these guys. I've learned a lot. I've got a cool workout thing. I'm doing well. I can still be in touch with all these guys and just be a guy that's randomly with them. And then there's a little thing that says, no, you're like, you've got to keep it up. And talking to you is being cool because it's kind of made me, think tonight about that a little bit and to go well no because like i said the podcast is growing i mean how ironic is that that the podcast is at the highest it's by far it's ever been and this is the point where i'm going oh, maybe i should give it up <laughs> yeah Crazy. no it, I, 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 like it's it's 
you know, we, we all have the, the, the ups and downs and whatever that we're, we're passionate about. Like, you know, there's, you know, some months that go by that classes aren't selling, selling it as, as, as good as they do, or my content isn't doing as well, or, you know, I, you know, I start to think it, you know, are my writings even getting out to, to, to enough people to, to mm. make the time that I spend in yeah. putting the writing together even worth it. And then I might get that one message, you know, it says like, Hey, I was having a bad day or, <laughs> Um, you know, I, you know, I've been morbidly depressed and, you know, I, I've had, I've had some, some guys send me some stuff that were in some pretty dark moments of their life. And to hear them tell me that just by a, a simple writing or a video that I put out, you know, changed the aspect on the rest of their day or, or just their life currently as a whole is, is something that, you know, you came and put to words and, you know, it doesn't have to be a daily occurrence for that. Just even just having that happen even once lets me know that my my mission is worth it you know regardless of you know the the canceled flights or you know having a drive eight and a half hours back home in a rental car that happened on the you know trip home last time um all these things that get in the way that make me question is it worth it and then i see stuff like that and it you know it's stuff like that is is, is priceless and it wouldn't be possible mm-hmm if I wasn't willing to put myself out there and accept the sacrifices that are involved, because probably whether you realize it or not, there may be somebody out there that's struggling with maybe being a single parent dad, um, whether through, through, through divorce or their partner passing, and maybe they look forward to your episodes a, every single week. And, you know, um, it would, it would, you know, it would be difficult to say what would potentially happen to their life if you end up just like, ah, it's not worth it anymore, and you stopped it. Mm. That one person's life yeah. could have been drastically changed by just simply you not producing that content that that keeps it worth it for them every single day. Uh, because there's a lot of people out there, in my opinion, that need that that kind of daily stoking of their fire. You know that that needs um, to, to have those, those embers relit on a daily basis, whereas some individuals like ourselves have the ability to relight those coals you know, under our own power. Mm. But there's some people that may need to have it relit by an external source, such as myself or yourself or other people that you brought on to the podcast. Because what I've found through experience, and again, my personal opinion is that if you were first forced into adversity at a younger age, you know, like in your childhood, it's a lot easier to embrace those characteristics and use them as you become older as an adult. But if you've always lived a very, um, you know, silver spoon type mm-hmm. lifestyle and you lived a very coddled and easy lifestyle, now as times progress and you get older, it's very difficult for the human mind to adapt to adverse and um, less than ideal conditions, because especially as an adult, you're like, oh, well, you know, I don't have to work out, you know, I can just stop doing this, you know, but as a kid, you know, if your parents were like, all right, you gotta do this yard work until I say so, and you know, you know, you don't really have a, you know, a choice as, as a child, um, those same kind of characteristics, again, carry over to when you're adult, you're like, okay, well, I just gotta get this workout done, no, no matter how much it sucks, because again, you have a frame of reference to base it off of from when you were a child. So, so I'm not trying to say that if you've never experienced adversity as a kid, that you're never going to, you know, 
be anything as an adult. It's just going to be a potential longer learning curve or power curve that you have to fight through um, to, to get to those goals, just because you may not have that frame of reference um, that you um, that you could have had when you were a child. Mm. I mean, you spoke, you and me spoke about on the last podcast, I think, which was about just how the amount of adversity that you have really kind of allows you to almost achieve greater things, you know, I think at the moment, absolutely. It's a, it's a message that will help people to obviously move out of wherever they are is to understand that whatever adversity you are, the greater it is, the greater the achievement to actually to do it, to move out of it. Like, like I said about the podcast, it's a much greater achievement when it's actually hard work than when it's just a exciting, a fun thing, you know? And I think that's the problem is people look a lot for exciting, fun and easy road when the, the road to success and the road to contentment is actually overcoming those those hurdles and actually understanding if you look back, like you mentioned, like a lot of guys that I've had on the podcast have come through adversity and therefore they have obviously learned to do that. And also another thing is just learning to be someone that just will commit to something and do it. You know, I found that's something that's made a huge difference is being able to be someone that goes, I'm just committed to this. I'm just going to do it. I don't care. I felt the other day when I came and I worked out, I wrote Terrence about it. I felt like such crap two days ago, literally felt like I thought like I had a headache when I woke up, I was tired. I was like, Oh, I did my reading and I was like, oh, I don't want to go work out now. This sucks. And then I went, okay, but you committed yeah. to it. Wrote it out the night before. It's in the little black book. Do it. So the first set was like, took me like forever. And I just felt like crap. Hilariously, by the fifth set, dude, I had music pumping and I was freaking doing those yeah. pull-ups like the best I've ever done them. I was in the flow state. I was like freaking, I ended my, I didn't put post it, but I ended my workout just screaming like, you know, I don't know if you ever have that where you just are like, oh, yeah. you know, like when I've had a good downhill. Oh, yeah mountain bike and I was because I was and, and I felt so much better because it had been so hard at the beginning and I didn't want to do it yep. and by the end I was going like freak man this is this is this feels amazing and I think I think it relates to kids right it's really I mean being this podcast about dads I think everything they've been talking about is like not a metaphor but is is kind of like a parallel to to being a father you know is is understanding that the difficulties the consistency the need to prepare yourself the need to uh get around guys that 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 stoke your fire as you say and to understand that as a dad we need that and we need to do it every day you know yeah no and and that's why you know in your personal life or just as a whole you should be constantly whenever possible we'll say um you should whenever possible try to surround yourself with people that are better than you like if you are the strongest one in your circle um that's that's a pretty surefire cue that you've done messed up um, and, and you should rectify that, you know, as best you can. Now, obviously, it's going to, you know, depending on the situation, like, like, say for me, like, I really don't have a lot of other like, like-minded people in the firearm space around where I live, but I travel enough that like, I have a lot of friends that um, are instructors like I am that, that live either in the South or on the West Coast, but I travel enough that I'm able to, when I do see them, like, okay, wow, I need to up my game because of this, this, or this, or it just kind of empowers me. It kind of relights those coals, you know? Um, but as a whole, like, obviously I get, not everybody can, can travel, but even if it's, you know, being in some type of group, like what you or, or, or Ryan offer, um, some, some type of like-minded group that you can, even if it's not physically surrounding, just even if it's through zoom or, or, or something where you can talk to other men that, um, have, um, loftier goals or have done greater things than you it's going to drive you to go after whatever that difficulty may be in your life um, and if you are you know the strongest one in your group you're going to mentally 
view yourself as you've kind of plateaued and you've topped out, there is nothing further. And that's, and that's the real danger is, um, believing that, you know, you're good enough, you know, um, as, as far as I'm concerned, good enough is a false God. Um, and it shouldn't be viewed, um, as such. There's always ways to become better, become stronger, become faster, become a greater dad, become a, a greater significant other. Um, but it takes work and you have to, be in it for, for for the long haul and it's never going to be an overnight thing like people see what i do and think you know i'm an overnight success but they didn't see you know the eight or nine years prior before i even thought about starting my own business uh where i was teaching on the side whenever i could or even teaching for free for friends and building that network and building those relationships which then carried over years later when i did decide to leave the corporate world behind and then start my own business. Um, but that's kind of the beauty in it is you don't have to post every single thing in your life. And, you know, again, in a social media ridden age, like a lot of people don't know that I have a wife and kids that that's awesome. Personally, it's none of, you know, the public's business to do, you know, what I do in my personal life. And that's why I keep those things pretty much separate to have just a few things in my life that are, um, and again, not sound negative, but are untainted by the world of social media. Because again, people feel the need to share everything. But, um, and I know some people do share things to kind of subconsciously push themselves to go and do it. Because again, if they put it publicly, yeah, now do. they have people. The yeah, it. yeah. With and Mitchell's workouts. And, and, in fact, I've yeah, yeah, been Hindu push ups before I go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I do similar things, but sometimes it's about the things behind the curtain that people don't see that is going to inevitably power you more than the things that you show publicly. Like when you're able to go forth with something that people don't even know about until you completed it, that, in my opinion, is more satisfying. Oh, I like that. That's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, it's why I get guys on the podcast because it's good to surround myself with that and to have those conversations. And I think uh, sometimes you do get complacent and you get complacent. Oh, I'm there already, you know. I don't need to have these conversations anymore. And I think you're 32, so you're youngster still, bro. But like when you reach yeah. 32, you've actually got to be better to maintain. You've got to be yeah. better to maintain. You've got to do more and be oh, yeah. better to actually maintain your physical health. So now, when I was 32, dude, I didn't have to hardly do anything to maintain my shape and to be fit. I was just, I wasn't, but now I've got to like make time for it. I've got to win with four kids around yeah. with a job, with the food that you have here in Germany and just the lifestyle that is so easy that we have at the moment. It's like, you've got to actually step your game up to just stay the same. And that's, and that's what I think people don't realize. They realize, oh, I'm young, I can do this. And then they keep the same effort, even though they're getting older and they realize, you know, age is not just a number. I'm sorry. It's like, you can say it's just a number, but when you are reaching a certain age, your body starts oh, to yeah. break down more. It starts to get fat easier. It's um, you, your nerves are, your whole body is different, you know, and that is a dad. That's why you're going to maintain it because you don't want to be like 50, 55 or whatever. And you, you can't do those things anymore because you didn't actually step up your game. And that's why it is important. I've always been thinking, should we be striving? Should we really be working hard to get better all the time? But actually, what just happened, the realization as you were talking was I realized better is actually maintaining. Is even if you yes. want to maintain, you've got to be doing more. Otherwise, you definitely are going to go, you're going to start going down and down. And then it gets harder to even main, do the same effort that you were doing before. Because now you're so much out of shape or you, you're so stressed by your job or you, you, you're, so out of, you're so disorganized or your relationship with your wife has deteriorated so badly 
that it's so much harder to to get it up because it's not so fresh anymore. You're not young, not in love, you know. So it's almost yeah. like, I mean, that's just a little realization I had. Anyway, before we go, because I've probably got to get if I'm going to be a good example to the listeners, I should get ready and go to bed. So I get at least six and a half to seven hours sleep, dude. That's yes. what I. That's a good for me. Um, but I just, I, we didn't even talk about, this is funny. This could be like a companion piece to the last one. Cause the last podcast was <laughs> yeah. nothing like this podcast at all. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Um, yeah. so just let us just tell the guys that are listening what you do, because I think the thing that you actually do is very important because a lot of people sure. are buying weapons and a lot of people are doing that same thing. Oh, I want a gun. And then they're like, I got a gun. I'm going to go shoot. But I think it's quite advisable to get hold of someone like yourself and actually learn to become an expert. If you're going to have a, a, a a piece of equipment that can kill someone in an instant. You should probably have quite a lot of, quite a lot of training. Yes. Yeah. So I own a uh, company called Rune Nation. Uh, we're a uh, consulting and training company that uh, you know works in all facets of the aspect of self-defense, so ranging from unarmed defense to edge weapon defense to firearms, whether it be a rifle or a pistol, um, verbal acuity, so understanding how to verbalize with people that you may meet on the street. So, so basically, it, it revolves around the idea of being multifaceted, of not relying on just one type of tool to find a solution to the problem, you know, and, and that's why I, I truly believe with what I offer, um, it's not just about guns. Like, uh, you know, as we were going into the show, um, I, I kind of wanted to preface this, um, kind of talk with, I guess, talking more outside the guns because yes, with what I do, um, it does involve, you know, training, uh, again, the people I have in my class are citizens, our law enforcement officers are, are people of the, uh, U S military sometimes. So it ranges from all uh, walks of life. Uh, and that is the kind of the vehicle that I use to deliver the information. Uh, but talks that we're having here are talks similar to what I have in class. Like you can have all the tools and the gear and all the firearms that you want, but if you're not right in your head or in your heart, it's all null and void at the end of the day. And that's why constantly strength, strengthening those internal factors, such as the, the, the mind and the body and the heart and all, all those things are just as important in developing the skills um, on a firearm or an edge tool, or like I said, in an unarmed encounter with some type of grappling or, or martial arts. Um, because, you know, I, I tell people that, you know, carrying a gun isn't for everybody, nor do I demand that everybody should, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility, you know, to want to desire to carry it and have the knowledge and the skills to carry it. Um, if you are involved in the worst day of your life and do have to utilize, say, that handgun to defend yourself or, or your loved ones to be able to have those prior built skill sets that you can rely on um, is paramount beyond all else. Um, and that's why I'm truly passionate with, with what I do, uh, because my greatest fear is somebody being involved in a situation that has the legal ability to carry is caring, but lacks the software to apply to the hardware, i.e. the knowledge. And they pull the gun and they end up missing the shot and say it goes into a house or it goes into somebody, you know, behind the actual threat or, or whatever it is. And now that person is painted with a, with a broad uh, paint stroke, you know, um, and then puts a bad image on firearm owners here in, in America. And I have no issue, you know, if people want to just collect firearms because, you know, there's plenty of people I know that 
uh, collect relic type firearms that, you know, just collect, you know, stuff from World War II and they're, they're just collectors, that's fine. But don't think that just because you collect guns means that it automatically applies to being able to use it in a self-defense scenario. Like it is a constant and habitual um, drive to become better through, you know, classes. Like people ask me, how many should I take, take a year? I say the minimum, you know, you should take a year um, from external sources such as myself or other, uh, you know, instructors, you know, such as myself who travel all around the U.S. I would say minimum twice a year, you know, best case scenario is three times a year, but it's not something you can just take once and be like, okay, I'm good. I don't, you know, I never need to, you know, train ever again or, or, or whatever it may be. Like it is a, is a constant and habitual practice that is necessary for, again, if you're involved in that worst day of your life, you know with 100% confidence that you know where that round is going beyond all costs. Hmm. Cool. So where can people get hold of you and, and find out about what you do? Sure. Yeah. My, uh, my, my website is uh, runenationllc.com. Instagram is at runenationllc. Uh, Facebook is just runenation. And uh, my email is runenationllc at gmail. Um, I, my my up-to-date schedule is on there. I have all dates, obviously, within the U.S. up till I think the last weekend I'm teaching is the weekend before Christmas. And I already have seven classes on the books ready to go for 21. So wow. um, those for the schedule for 21 should be constantly evolving as we progress through this year. And obviously, if anybody has any questions, go ahead and send me a DM or an email. I'll be more than happy to answer it for you. Oh. And don't be intimidated by the way that he looks on his Instagram. He's definitely not <laughs> yeah. like that, as you can tell from the podcast. But, dude, thanks so much for making the time. I know I lost the last podcast, the second podcast in a row that this has happened to. So, um, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I've really enjoyed the conversation. I think no it's hope the guys that have listened have got as much as I have out of it again, and it's just reignited my knowledge that me actually talk i'm still getting something out of it as well because it made me think made me realize things and i think it's interesting we end up talking about guns but it's the same with our kids you know at the end of the day you can learn all the tips and tricks about being a good dad but you actually have to become a good man like you say you can be great with a firearm but if your head's not right if your heart's not right then it doesn't matter because you're going to get in a situation you're going to do things that are hot-headed and aren't going to be in control and i think as i'm learning as a dad that like that Northman Guild video that I saw, you know, be you, you're calm and that you love your family and that you are Absolutely. someone who's reliable and that stands by your brothers. And um, I think that those facets that we focus on at Dad Strong and developing those those aspects of ourselves are so important, whether you are, like I said, using a firearm or I'm comparing our kids to guns here, which is kind of probably never been done before. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's the same thing that going yeah. through life is always about becoming someone that no matter where you are you are utilizing whatever tools and whatever skills you've got in the right manner and that comes with actually just developing ourselves getting up early getting knowledgeable talking to each other like we did tonight getting hold of guys and yeah reach out to reach out to um ian myself it's um i'm sure it's uh i'm sure it's a beneficial thing just to reach out to other guys and just to have a chat and stuff so shot brew all right man so that wraps up my show with Ian Strimbeck. I definitely got a lot out of the conversation, a lot of realizations in my own mind, in my own life that I'm going to put into action. Hope you guys felt the same and that you're going to put things into action. Remember, 
it's very important to put things into action not just to listen and take in knowledge and consume but then to produce and create on your own guys let us know what you think of the podcast give us a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to and go check us out on instagram website still under construction life a bit hectic at the moment but thanks so much for joining us thanks for being with us on this journey and really stoked at how the show is doing really stoked at how many of you guys are listening and yes as i said really appreciate that so work on that strong mind that strong body and that strong character so that we can lead effectively love actively and leave a legacy so until next time stay dead strong